Any questions tonight? Yes. Could you elaborate either briefly or in detail about the comment you made in yesterday's class regarding the nine islands of Nabadweep and you said it was like an explosion or what I was the, the placement of them and what they represent just so I can get a general idea of, of what Bhaktivinoda Thakur was trying to convey in the book you mentioned in Nabadweep Mahatmya and also in his Baba Nabadweep Baba Taranga then Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, takes us on a virtual tour of, of Nabadweep and uh, identifies different places of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes and um, also some kind of deep ancient history of the uh, of the Dham and things that uh, happened there uh, uh, previous to Mahaprabhu's uh, descent um, in a number of instances which involved him appearing to persons from the past saying I will manifest in his form in Nabadweep you know, in the future and, and so forth um, and um, uh, he also and this is really the answer in answer to your question more directly identifies the um, how the Different, how different uh, Leela Stalis of Braj are manifest in Nabadweep. The two, as we know, being the same, being non different, Vrindavan and Nabadweep being non different, Gaur Leela and Krishna Leela being non different and different at the same time. So the idea is well, all of the, all of Vrindavan must be in, in Nabadweep. But, um, it was a, a considerable, I would say, task on the part of Bhakti Vinod. The Goswamis were tasked by Mahaprabhu to excavate the places of Krishna's pastimes in Braj, right? He himself went uh, even prior to them, and he he identified this is Radhakund, this is Shamakund, and and uh, and so on. Uh, so to an, on a smaller scale. And then he commissioned them and empowered them, among other things, to excavate the the, the, the places of Krishna's pastime. And the way this pastime was performed here, and this one here, and so forth, and created a you know kind of identified uh, um, um, the places of Krishna's pastimes on the sacred geography of of Braj. That was quite a task because, with the influence of time, such had been. Lost to the to the to the to, to the world to to a large extent, so this is a huge contribution of uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, right? To uh, kind of revitalize and bring to life with their bhava, they did the Goswamis, the uh, the uh, the uh, the Braj in Braj, so to speak, and then kings uh, patronized them. Patronized them and uh, built built ghats, bathing ghats at this place along the Jamuna, where this was said to have happened, and temples and uh, 
And if you were a king and you didn't have a temple for your queen and Vrindavan, you were nobody. Uh, so this is the, the, the kind of influence they had uh, even on the on the Mughal uh, um, leadership and so forth. So it was quite um, a task given to them by Mahabharu and they were up to it. Very, virtually they're, they're, you know, when they're with their bhava they would experience and then they identify the place. So we're worshipping their their bhava. <clears throat> um, so meanwhile the Navadweep is, is is the same as Vrindavan and Gore is the same as Krishna, but in a different an ex, let's say an extension of the Krishna Leela, right? And part of that uh, extension or a large part of it involves him not overtly appearing as Krishna. Indeed, Krishna is the, is the um, ultimate uh, enjoyer, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was uh, was uh, from a poor poorer family, and comparatively, and uh, ultimately became a, a renunciate. It's quite a contrast, right, between the two. So he's hiding himself pretty well, Krishna, if you will, and. Um, if you're going to steal something, you got to hide. You're going to disguise yourself pretty well. So um, he did. He took uh, the, the opposite color, the color of Radha, right? Uh, at any rate, um, as much as it's difficult to uncover, and Goswamis did this, who Mahaprabhu is, locate him and the ecstasy that he embodied on the scriptural map, and so forth. Um, they were not active in Navadweep in doing what they were commissioned to do in Braj. Hmm? And to my knowledge, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is the person who came in quite some time later and took up this task in a way that it had, had not been done or to the same extent um, uh, previously. And so his his uh, two books, Navadvita Mahatma and Navadvita Taranga, they they deal with this, right? They, he's doing. It's another way in which his work paralleled that of the Goswamis, along with the fact that he wrote many books, right? Established the the the, the Sambandha, the Abhidhya, the Prajnan for the common people in Bengal. Uh, so the epithet Seventh Goswami is appropriate, and and that there's a the comparison is apt how he revealed the Dham Navadweep and and uh, with his uh, extensive literary uh, contribution so uh, that said the task that he had in one sense was, was greater because this is the hidden avatar so where is everything hmm. where was his birthplace hmm. and um, there were some Person's claiming his birthplace was in one one place, and it didn't feel right to Bhaktivinotakur. So he did empiric evidence, studying old maps and so forth and so on. So this gives some idea to the extent to which um, even the birthplace of Mahaprabhu was in, in question, at least in his mind, perhaps in the, in, in, in the minds of others as well. What to speak of so many other places of less, what might appear to be of less consequence. The birth is a pretty significant. You know, event right, the Janmastan and of Krishna and in in Mathura was well known to the Goswamis, but where was Shamakund? Where was Radhakund? 
they're more important, but they're more secret also, more hidden, right? So, um, so this is an example. He he, he did it on two 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 two, two a two pronged approach. Um, he did quite a bit of empiric study hmm, to establish where the birthplace was, and he also had a vision. Hmm? In the context of that, and his that 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 uh, academic pursuit, if you will, empiric pursuit, and his longing to um, establish the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then from the rooftop of his place in Godroom, on the other side of the Jalangi, he had a vision hmm, of Mahaprabhu's birthplace, and I think the young Bhakti Siddhanta was with him, and he saw it too, and then he. He came the next night, and, and again, Bhakti Vinod had the vision. So then he went there, and there were some Muslims living there, and uh, there was Tulsi growing everywhere. Hmm? And he asked the local. This is just you have to understand. This is the this is the jungle. This, there's Bengali tigers there. There's no like not like you go there today, and there's so many temples and the road, the singular road in the Navadvip that takes you in and then to the Ghat is called Bhakti Siddhanta. Marg. So Bhakti went in and Bhakti Siddhanta came out and you know, continued that, so to speak. So, uh, you know, our Paribar did, did, did much for excavating the places of Mahaprabhu's pastimes in Vrindavan. So, in, in, in the local area, he, lo, the birthplace, the assumed birthplace, um, he conversed with people and I think they, they had an old name for it. Which was like Mayapur or something like that, Maya, Mayapuri or something like that. So and that was a, you know some further kind of confirmation. And then he made his claim: this is the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Put a deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Paid some guy in Ganja to, to Brahman, so-called Brahman, to worship. And then once you start, if you put up a deity and start worshiping on the land, then you own it. You know, there's, there's some ownership to that. So anyway, this is how it was his humble beginning. It was he had to pay some guy, and he wasn't the greatest character. But anyway, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, so in this case, the end, the means, he felt justified the ends, right? And he envisioned a great temple being uh, erected there, and so on and so forth. And um, of course, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people come there. Annually, and uh, the ver- which is kind of a verification, and, and also he got the verification of uh, Jagannath Das Babaji, who they brought there and carried him in a basket, and he was uh, over 100 years old. And when he saw the place, he began kind of like bounce up and down in his basket. Otherwise, he was you know crippled and uh, so forth. So confirmed the place. But this is just one example, mm-hmm. and then. In Navarupdhamhatma, he's got everything marked out, and this is where this is where Govardhan Hill is. This is where Radhakund is, um, and this is where the Raslila Stali is, and so on and so forth. And this is where the and and, and the islands. Well, this is the delta of the, the the Bay of Bengal, where the Ganga is. Ganga Delta is Ganga's going into the ocean. So there's a lot of movement of water there, and so at the time of Mahaprabhu. Uh, it would seem that the islands were distinct 
as islands, but with the changing of the course of the Ganges, which can flood and there can be hurricanes and and so on and so forth, then uh, at the present time and at the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the nine islands were not necessarily islands. Hmm? So he had to go and determine where the island, where was Godrum, where was Ritterdweep, Rudradweep, hmm? uh, Antardweep, Koladweep, and so forth, all the dweeps, all the nine islands. It's a pretty extraordinary uh, task, right? And this is what he did and wrote about it in Namdhuta uh, Mahatmya. But what makes, and this is relative to you, this is the answer to your question, what makes it even more difficult hmm, is that, okay, if you say, well, here's Govardhan, right? Well, we know where Govardhan is in Vrindavan in, in relation to the Jamuna. Hmm? Right? Or uh, or Radhakund hmm? and Shamkund. So that had already been established by the Goswamis. So when Bhaktivinoda discovered here is Govardhan, well it wasn't that that uh, Radhakund was was right right nearby. Hmm? And so the places of Krishna's pastimes, as they kind of as Gaurila arose out of Krishna Leela and Krishna became dizzy in his pursuit hmm, of Radha's bhava, so the places all kind of circled around and landed here, there, and everywhere out of order. It's kind of the idea, out of, out of order. Hmm. So it made his task even, even greater, if you will. But the reason, again, for the apparent disorder is well, there's the ecstasy of of of, uh, of Krishna hmm? trying to become sadhu and uh, taste Radha's love for him from her vantage point. Everything gets kind of turned on its head, right? Hmm? And his associates are appearing there. They didn't know they were his associates, and and so forth. So, so he, you know, he had a double, triply difficult. Uh, uh, task that he that he um, that he really burdened himself with, if you will, with the burden of love. He wasn't asked to do it, but he did it, and and uh, so many pilgrims today uh, benefit uh, from that. Uh, so those are two important uh, works of his. He the setting of Navadvipa Mahatmya is 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 that of Jiva Goswami coming to Navadvipa. And meeting Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Prabhu taking him here and there and showing him this is this 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 is how he this is the the device he uses to tell you know to uh, tell it all in his book Navadvipdam in the glories of Navadvipdam and yet again to my knowledge that there's there's nothing anyone else has published that that uh, um, with that with such detail and so forth and so. Um, he's appropriately titled for that reason as well, as I say, the seventh Goswami. Does that help? That is your question. Yeah. What else? Um, Shreshida Maharaj touches on a topic, and I have not found it anywhere else. He's saying Divya Lakshmi, Divya Lakshmi and Divya Saraswati, and he says that. Divya Lakshmi takes from everyone and gives to the Lord. 
and Divya Saraswati takes from the Lord and gives to everyone. And he says like there can be some conflict between these two Shaktis. And he compares and he said devotees influenced by Saraswati, Gostyanandis and Bajanandis are influenced by Lakshmi. Could you say something about that? And uh, where did you read that? <laughs> um, long time ago, I heard that uh, they were reading. A, they had an outprint of one of his talks. So I've never heard that. I'd have to look and see what yeah. what he actually says. I can, I can research and give you that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's talked about the Debisaraswati and then the, the material manifestation of the of the goddess and and same the material manifestation of Lakshmi and the spiritual manifestation of Lakshmi, but um, I've never heard anything that... Yeah, he gives the example that um, there is a Leela when when uh, Radharani wants to kidnap the flute of Krishna. Yeah. So the, the flute represents that Saraswati and she represents in that moment Lakshmi, so there is some conflict there between like wanting to bring more souls to the Rasalila and so Radharani enters in mood to be against that, something like this. Radharani is against? Mm. Yeah, in that in that Leela, like, is wanting to kidnap the flute, like, stop bringing more. So, like, the conflict between Lakshmi and Saraswati. I never heard such a thing. <laughs> so uh, I heard that and I, it has been on my mind many years, it was many years ago I heard it, so, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I can search the text and okay, yeah, I'll take a look at it and see what he's saying there. Interesting. What else? Um, I think I remember you saying in one of the festival lectures that um, the Gopal mantra is like the mother of all Krishna mantras, and I was wondering, um, so does the Gopal mantra like give birth to the Maha mm-hmm. mantra? Well, the mother of all mantras is probably not the word I, word term I use. Maybe I did, but that's kind of you know, a modern. <laughs> but it's the it's the it's the original Krishna mantra that all the mantras come from. No, we don't uh, look at the Hare Krishna mantra in the same light there because we're talking with the 18 syllable Gopal mantra is. Um, not that you could say, I mean, she gives birth to every other ma- Krishna mantra, but other Krishna mantras are derived from the Gopal uh, mantra, 18-syllable uh, mantra, which is found in the Upanishads directly, the, the Gopal top and the Upanishad and so forth. Um, so, but um, but this is a this is a this is a mantra that uh, consists of a bij, a seed, um, and the uh, and names of of the deity in the dative case, and there's a uh, there's a petition that's being made there. Whereas the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is just, a, just a, it's a Nam mantra. So we often uh, distinguish between Krishna Nam and Krishna Mantra. Hmm? Um, we find a verse like this in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. What is that verse? Um, and um, I guess Mahaprabhu was speaking, I think. It says by by Krishna Nam, by Krishna Mantra, Sangsar Mochana. Hmm? 
you can attain freedom from samsara. And by Krishna Nam, you can attain Krishna Charan, the feet of Krishna. So to illustrate this verse, which he did very artfully, Pujapatridamarsh proposed two circles, right? The larger circle reaches higher and reaches lower. And this represents the, the, the Nam mantra, for which on the low end there's no qualification. Anyone can chant it. Hmm? And which in the high end takes us all the way to Goloka and is 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 uh, also active there. We don't find the gopis and the gopas ch- chanting the Krishna mantra hmm, in meditation, but we do. They do do nam kirtan there. Hmm? So the reach of the maha mantra is is higher. Hmm? And then the smaller circle within the larger circle is the is the Krishna mantra, which doesn't reach as high. Sangsara mochan, deliverance from the it's a deliverance from the world, and it requires some qualification, so it doesn't extend itself as low. Hmm? And of course, as we qualify ourselves through chanting, we receive that mantra that's meant to help us in our um, drawing all that can be drawn from the nam mantra. So, um, so. No, we don't look at the Hare Krishna mantra as being derived from the 18-syllable Gopal mantra. It's, 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 some say it's not even a, a mantra, it's just the names. Hmm? We could call it a Nam mantra. But, uh, Taraka Brahmanam, the Upanishads call it. Taraka Brahmanam, the, the, the name by which one can be uh, delivered. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're supposed to chant um, the Maha Mantra with you to enter in Vrindavan, enter into Braj. Um, That's true. <laughs> I was wondering um, if there was a place for seeing the Maha Mantra as you know, Gauri Thai, and then like, maybe a view to enter into Navadweep, or maybe a view to enter into Braj through Gauri Thai, or something like that. I wonder if there's a place for that. Or... Well, Gauri uh, Thai, they've given the Maha Mantra. Uh, mantra to the world. Mahaprabhu specifically asked his disciples, his students, to chant this Nam mantra, hmm? right? Um, and um, you know they are the way themselves. Um, so um, they do, in one sense. Um, Represent the Maha Mantra. There's different ways of thinking about it. It, 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 it uh, the, the more common way of understanding the Maha Mantra is that the name of Krishna is first to Krishna, the name of uh, Hare refers to Hari, so it's the name of Hari in the vocative. And then, and, and Ram um, refers to uh, Krishna as the um, uh, as, as Ramana, hmm? the, who takes pleasure. Um, 
Um, so uh, all three names, names for uh, God, hmm? right? Um, and then uh, Prabhupada also in some places um, looks at it uh, such that the name of Ram represents Balaram. And he, he writes about that, I believe, in, in answer to your question by way of saying, that you know we worship Gornatai and they are Krishna and Balaram as we just sang song of Narutam. Balaram hmm? uh, So um, and then they give us access to to the Braj Lila. Um, of course now, um, as I say, it's it's more common in Gaudi Vaishnavism because the main thrust is, is that of Madhurya Rasa to look at the name of Ram as also referring to Krishna, right? And it's also uh, common to uh, to look at the name of Hari as uh, the vocative of Hara and derive from that that it uh, refers to Radha. But, I mean, they're, they're, some say that's the highest conception of the name. Yeah, everything else is Less than that, but um, but uh, not necessarily so. Uh, for example, Radharani chants the Mahamantra, and Hare does not mean Radha when she chants it. Who could chant higher than than Radha? Right? Um, it refers to Hari. So, um, at any rate, uh, it's the dispensation of Mahaprabhu. It's the, the main mantra of his Ram Kirtan. That's his way, and um, and he is giving that without discrimination, and to the extent that he cannot, because of um, social and religious considerations with regard to his sannyas that didn't let him go to places of ill repute without fear of having a bad reputation and then not being seen as a teacher. He extended himself as Nityananda Prabhu to go to those places, to the brothels and ask people to chant and, and so forth. Um, so Gaur Nityananda, they're giving and, um, and if you think of the name of Ram as Balaram, then you have Gornitai, mm-hmm. there Krishna and Balaram. So it's possible. You can, so that may that conception is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we see uh, in the in the wrestling match, um, and everyone in the assembly or in the audience, they they um, they saw Krishna differently. Some saw him as death personified. Some saw him yeah. as a boy, a prince. Like um, All the twelve rasas were. Uh, the verse shows that Krishna's rasaraj. He tastes all the rasas. Yeah. So um, I was wondering um, in the when you were describing yesterday, um, I was wondering how um, 
it would seem that Lodna Shingadev is um, is a is a manifestation maybe for Hiranya for Hiranya Kashipu's pleasure because he's kind of setting up the parameters of you know how he's how he's going to appear and Pralad Maharaj um, maybe he's his Easter Dev is, I don't know if he really envisioned the Lord to appear that way, you know, but the Lord did manifest that way. So I was wondering if Prahlad Maharaj saw Krishna in that form, or if, did he see another form? Did Prahlad see the Shringadev? Like in the air, fierce form. When he appeared, he did, yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, his as we said the other day, he was his deity was Krishna. So he meditated on Krishna, but when Krishna appeared as the Shringa, then he saw him in that that form. But um, I guess what you're asking is that that um, uh, that Hiranyakasipu saw him as perhaps death personified, right? Hmm? Whereas Prahlad didn't didn't see him in that way, uh, so I think that, um, for example, um, uh, when Hiran when Shingadev um, took with his nails, not his hands, and placed Hiranyakasipu uh, not on the land, not on the water, not in the air, but on his lap. Mm -hmm. hmm? Um, and that's not the lap of a man or an animal, right? Half and half, and so forth. And then he, he like bifurcated him, right? Hmm? And um, then he garlanded himself with his intestines. <laughs> it's pretty gruesome, right? But, but, but Prahlad didn't see it like that. <laughs> Uh, he looked very, very, very beautiful, and, uh, and the, the intestines must have smelled very beautiful, also. <laughs> Something like that. So, because they, what they, what they represent, of course, is 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 anarthas and offenses, and he's he's bhakti bhignavinashan. He's taking them all away, and when he takes them away, and brings them in. And then they become, they be, that, that, that person becomes beautiful. Hmm? So he beautifies them, so to speak, by removing them as obstacles. And so he, this is figuratively, of course, that he's garlanding himself with them. And, and but, but yeah, um, Prahlad saw him with uh, eyes of love and certainly not fear. No one, we, Prahlad had no fear. Hanyakasipu was, was was shaken in his boots, but the de the devas were also afraid. Hmm. They were afraid because here was Bhagawan, and he was a he was upset, and what he might do. But they were afraid because because the cause of fear is material desire. Obviously, Hanyakasipu was filled with material desire, so he was really afraid. Hmm. But the devas were afraid too. They, were, they didn't know what to do or what to say, and, and their their fear is because they had material desire. And so, 
they were sakama. You know, they, they were kind of devotees, but their ideal wasn't wasn't uttam bhakti. Hmm. So you could have material desires, but your ideal be uttam bhakti, and you, you might be okay. But they had other ideas in mind. So so they. Uh, but Prahlad had no desire, and he had no power. Right, all the gods had some power. Aranyakasibu had the power to, to, to overcome the gods. Practically, they were afraid of him, also, right? But Prahlad wasn't afraid, and he had no power. Hmm. But he had the all-powerful. Hmm. Had love for the all-powerful, so that that power was shared by Bhagavan Nishinga with him and protected him and so forth. So he only saw him. Like a like a purring kitten, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely saw him differently than than the Shringadev, differently than the gods. So it's it's a similar idea. So Krishna in the wrestling arena. Does that help? Yes. Um, so there's a so um, what was Prahlad's um, idea? Did he did he attain his? his yeah, Dasi Bhakti. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I just was reading, and I wanted to know if you would like talk a little bit more about it. Um, in the Krishna Sandarbha, the verse says, "The gop- is it okay if I read a little bit about this? The gopis." Preeminence is due to the fact that they are predominated by a unique essence of the aesthetic rapture of love, Prem Ras, which is a specific functional capacity intrinsic to the very essence of Krishna's potency of bliss, Ladini. This is directly stated in the phrase Ananda Chinmaya Ras Pratipadi. This phrase means that the gopis are predominated by a unique quality of aesthetic rapture intrinsic intrinsic to divine love, which is itself of the nature of consciousness and bliss. And in the commentary he writes, um, the word pratipaditapi having been made identical with means that the gopis are completely soaked in this ananda chinmaya ras. And then he talks about, in Ayurveda, there is a process called bhavana, or saturation with liquids. This is used to purify and augment the potency of the drug. The powder of a particular drug or mineral is soaked in the juice of a plant. The powder must be completely immersed in the juice. Sometimes the powder of a plant is subjected to the bhavana process with its own juice. For example, the dry powder of the amalaki fruit is soaked in amalaki juice. This is called Bhavana, self-saturation. This process may be repeated many times, in which case it is called Bhavana, abundant self-saturation. Thus the drug has undergone this process is called Bhavita, saturated. The gopis in their very being are constituted of the essence of Ladini Shakti. This existential foundation persists in the primordial state of always already having undergone saturation by immersion in Krishna Prem. This state of having been made identical with Prem is called Pratipaditabhi, completely dripping with Prem from all sides. On this account, Sri Jiva Goswami glosses the word Pratipaditabhi as Pradhanabhi, accompanied by 
by the gopis who are predominated by that, by Ananda, Chinmaya Rasa. I just had a hard time with that. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about it. Well, he's really just speaking about this. It's, the gopis are being used in his example, and it's an explanation of somewhat of the Ramasamhita verse, which um, in that particular verse, the gopis are described as his as expansions uh, um, of his own sarup shakti. So, but it refers to all really devotees, hmm? to one extent or another. Gopis are the you know highest limit of love radas mahabhav sarupini, hmm? but uh, all he's really saying there is is well it's 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 I mean I'm not sure of the section but I mean uh, the uh, and what what overall point he's trying to make there, um, but um, uh, perhaps identify you know there, there's. There's other sampradayas, for example, that think, like Madhva Sampradaya, the gopis are apsaras from heaven, hmm? mm-hmm. um, and so forth. So he, I don't know if he's talking about associates of, of Krishna or, or whatnot, but that's one of the things he does in, in the Krishna Sandarbha. As much as establishing who Krishna is, mm-hmm. as the source of Narayan, who his associates are, and so on and so forth, what's their position. And um, you know, that this is, this is the, the, our Godia take on that. Hmm. They are personifications of the Sarup Shakti itself. The same would hold for Nanda and Yashoda and uh, all the inhabitants there. But he's drawing on that particular verse of Brahma Samhita that um, mentions the gopis and and, um, and um, um, yeah. Something like that. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's just a way of trying to really establish their their spirituality. They're one with one with Krishna and the devotee, such devotees and and different. He's emphasizing the oneness, their divinity, and um, they're not apsaras, let's say, mm-hmm. for example. All right, we'll stop there. Shishi Gorada Madhava Kijana. Gorbakta Vrinda Kijana. Gorpremanandi.